Hey everyone, so this is an episode of Mentor Live. I decided to start mentoring people live on Instagram, uh, mainly because I was getting a lot of requests uh, about career development, self-development, how do I read more books, what books should I be reading, how do I get into medical devices, a variety of topics. And as much as I love doing those, um, there's only so much time in the day. I usually take those calls you know, on my drive to and from work, but I decided to do it this way just because it's uh, scalable, I can amplify it, and more importantly, uh, a lot of people have very similar stories and hopefully it could uh, serve to help others. So you can follow me on Instagram at Omar M. Khatib, Khatib spelled K-H-A-T-E-E-B. I'll leave a link to my Instagram uh, and other channels uh, in the show notes. So enjoy this episode of my mentoring session. So we can get started. Marco, what's going on? So let me get my list of questions that I got emailed earlier. All right. So I figure while people file in, I can go through a couple of questions that were asked, and then I'm going to, of course, take some people live. Uh, so if you are interested in jumping on the call with me and asking me literally anything, just go ahead and Click those. Uh, click the button below. Send me a request, and then I'll bring you on live. So, uh, one of the questions I got is from somebody who's a salesperson. They asked, "How can they sell remotely um, and be sure to do it uh, digitally?" Because right now with the COVID nineteen crisis, um, salespeople can't seem to be able to sell because you know you're stuck at home. So how do you do it? And I think this goes back to uh, the advice that I was trying to give to my industry, the medical device industry, uh, a few years ago, and I've been kind of banging the uh, table about it, which is the importance of sales reps to start developing um, some familiarity and some uh, comfort with using these digital tools. So I'm going to give you a fantastic uh, approach and formula to selling, regardless of uh, what industry you're in. It could be med device. It could be anything. So two platforms that you're gonna utilize, LinkedIn and Twitter. And this is the formula that I, I walk everybody through. So first is on LinkedIn. Um, of course, you wanna have your bio and profile up. Make sure that you ha make it very clear on your uh, bio tagline, which company you work for. All right, so that way, you know, people immediately know who you are and what you do. Be sure to have a nice profile photo. Nobody's gonna connect with you if you don't have any profile photos. So take a new photo. If you have the uh, latest iPhone or anything else, use the uh, portrait mode and take a nice photo, usually with a light colored backdrop and you know wear something that's unique to your industry, right? Um, so for example, if you're in the medical device world, you know, a lot of us wear a uh, suit and ties, you know, do that if that's normal. If you're in the tech world, you know, whatever that might be, 
right? And the important part about this is that you want to immediately give the right impression within the few seconds that a prospective customer gets a connection request from you. They're going to judge you by two things, or really three things, your name, your profile photo, and what your uh, tagline on your LinkedIn masthead says. So for me, I believe I put director of growth, a portrayal medical mentor, uh, speaker, something like that, right? So good profile photo, a clear and compelling uh, tagline, right? And with the tagline, don't just put what you do. So you can put, you know, you know, uh, sales representative for blank company slash, you know, avid reader, dedicated mother, um, avid sports find something. Tell them something about you makes you interesting to connect. It's not just gonna be about business. So on LinkedIn, after you do that, start sending connection requests to your prospective customers. Let's just say that you're trying to sell to, I'm gonna make this up, uh, product managers of Fortune 100 companies, right? So you're gonna send connection requests to them, right? To all these product managers, okay? That you're trying to sell your software to, okay? Um, and actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna change that a little bit. Let's I'm gonna I know there's a lot of medical device people listening and tuning in. So let me do it. Let me do it more relevant to you guys. Let's say that you're trying to sell uh, to. I'm just gonna make this up. Chiropractors. Okay. So you're gonna send a connection request to chiropractors, but not just them. You're gonna send connection requests to the chiropractors' um, office managers, to their executive assistants, to their nurses, their staff, everybody that works with them. Okay. And as they start accepting your request. What you'll do, let's say with a chiropractor you're trying to sell directly to he or she, you will go to their activity on LinkedIn and look at what they're posting and go and like a couple of their posts if they have that activity. If they write an article, even better, write, you know, write a thoughtful comment. Just something like, hey, great post, thank you for sharing. If it's something that's specific to an area that you know about, go and write a little bit more on that post. Now seeing that though likely increases, it increases the chances that they're gonna connect with you and there's gonna be some reciprocity there. They're gonna know your name. They're gonna appreciate that, right? Now, as soon as they accept your request, you can see on their contact information, not only their personal email, but also their Twitter handle. Click it and go over to Twitter and start following them. Like, more than likely, whether it's a chiropractor, a physician, a nurse, when they're on Twitter, because a lot of medical professionals are going on there, they um, don't have a lot of followers. They don't have a lot of people retweeting them. So very quickly, you can go and follow them on Twitter and tweet at them, retweet some of their posts, and engage. So what have you done in a very short amount of time, literally minutes, is you've made your name um, familiar to them, you've made your company brand and, and logo familiar to them, and you've developed some psychological reciprocity, right? What does that mean? Why is that important? Let me grab a book and show you. One book I recommend to all students of, uh, you can call it persuasion to start out with, is Influenced by Robert Cialdini. Now, uh, it's called The Psychology of Persuasion. Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, who are, if you don't know them, uh, the chairman and, and founders of, of Berkshire Hathaway, they're billionaires and they're incredibly smart. And they, they say that if you love your, your children, you will buy them this book. So in Influence, there are six principles of, uh, of, six, six principles of, of persuasion. I'm not gonna go through all six, but one of them is reciprocity, meaning if I give you something, you are psychologically more compelled to give me something back. Right, this is very powerful, okay? And so that's why like in the pharma industry and you know, healthcare industry, there's uh, what's uh, called the Sunshine Law and the, and, the, and the Stark Law, 
which prevents you from giving gifts because it's such a powerful piece of persuasion. So anyway, you, going back to the LinkedIn and Twitter example, you've engaged with them on their posts and on their, on their tweets, and so they accept your request, and now you've become more familiar to them. But at the same time, and this is more specific to LinkedIn, you also have a chance where LinkedIn is trying to keep people on there. So now you have a new connection request. The LinkedIn algorithm will say, huh, Janet, the sales rep at Chiropractic Technologies, just connected to this chiropractor and her staff. And, and, and Janet has, has engaged with this person's content, which is why they connected. So maybe this chiropractor will also like Janet's content. So we're going to make sure that both of them see each other's content a little bit more for the next few days. And as you do that, your prospective customers are going to start seeing more of your content and more of your company's content, which means in the next couple of days, aside from you, let's say, sharing articles on uh, interesting things about chiropractics, um, but you also reshare content on your company. And this person, this prospective customer is going to see more of it. All right. And when you do this every day, like a discipline, it just takes a few minutes. Little by little, you're developing your professional network, your prospective pipeline, right? You're nurturing it. And you're doing this all, it's all happening little by little as you sleep, right? So that when you do reach out to, let's say, this prospective customer that you connected with after a couple of weeks of doing this, they've got to know your name, you've engaged with their content, you've reshared things that are important to them. So when you message them, say, hey, you know, I wanted to just introduce myself, get on the phone and tell you about uh, some of the things that I do um, and get your feedback, they'll get on the phone with you and it'll likely be that you can do a sale. So. That's answering one question. So I'm gonna try and start taking some calls. I know that people are jumping in and out. So if somebody wants to uh, uh, jump in and, and do a quick call, that'd be great. I know a lot of people watch this on replay. And of course I do, a, I'm recording this for a podcast because a lot of people wanna listen to it. So if you have a question you wanna jump on, uh, shoot me a request to do a call. And I might actually, I might actually pick some people at random because I like to put people on the spot here. So let's see. All right, Samara, I'm gonna put you on the spot. You don't have to accept it, but I'm just gonna try. Otherwise, if you don't accept, I'm just gonna go to uh, another question that I received. Ahmed, hey buddy, how you doing? Glad you can join. All right, now people are starting to file in. I know it's a Sunday. So if Samara does not accept this uh, request, then I'm just gonna go ahead and go to the next question I have on my list. Samara, hey. Hey. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Good, good, good. Well, I appreciate you taking the request. Um, don't mean to put you on the spot, but like sometimes I just gotta, you know, pull people out, you know. So it's all good. Sorry, I joined so late. Sorry no, the beginning. Part. No, 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 no sweat, no sweat. Well, it was actually I was covering a question a salesperson asked. Uh, um, I think a couple weeks ago about how they can start selling remotely and so I actually went through the more or less my formula. You can check that out on the Great. replay but it was actually similar to stuff that I talked to you. So Smart, give, give everybody a little yeah. a little uh, context. Tell them, tell them where, where are you calling in from? What, what do you do? So I am in Salt Lake City, Salt Lake City, Utah. I work for a small startup company. We sell um, an anesthesia incubating device. It's designed for difficult airways. Um, I've been with the company for about six months, and I also work as an anesthesia tech in the OR nice. up at the University of Utah Hospital. Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. 
Great, great. And I um, understand that you, uh, prior, prior to this, you were a graduate of the Medical Sales College, correct? That is true, yes. Great. I attended Medical Sales College in 2018. Um, it was a good experience. I learned a lot, met some really great people, and made some really great friends. Great, great. Good experience. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. So I've been following you and got great, valuable information on um, how I can help the company grow and skills that I can advance my own for my own business. Great, great. I'm gonna change yeah. this angle for my lighting. <laughs> so, okay, great. So, um, what question do you can I answer for you today? What do you want to? What topic do you want to cover? And it could be literally anything you like. So. I just have a lot of questions about content. Yeah. Um, we talked a lot about um, sharing people's stories, kind of disengaging on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, how do you go about deciding, like, whose content you're going to share? Like, how do you know that it's um, advice that you agree with or that you know that it's from, like, a good source? Yeah. Yeah, that's a very very good point. Yeah, so so the so the question is, which content? If you're going to reshare content, how do you decide which content to share, and how do you make the decision? Because you don't want to share content that is incorrect information, right? Correct. Yeah. 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 So, so I have a couple of rules for this, and I think that aside from just content, um, this is a good. These are some good rules of thumbs in general. So number one, um, it's always tempting and exciting to share content about some some story that breaks within the next 24 or 48 hours something happens like okay. a perfect example is uh as you remember uh there is a, a period where people thought we we're going to go to world war three with iran right okay. okay so my my rule of thumb is that within the first 48 to 72 hours of any mm -hmm. any breaking news everyone is likely wrong except in this one scenario if you go to let's say CNN, Fox mm -hmm. News, and MSNBC, some you know big networks, right? And they all are reporting the exact same story. It's it's more than likely that it's true. It's still there's still possibilities that it could be false, but it it may be true, right? Okay. But the moment you start seeing even a little bit of differences between the stories, it's likely that you just have to wait. And and I always recommend people, as tempting right. as it is, to immediately jump on something. When the story is hot, you have to hang back. And the reason why is because information is accelerating at such a fast speed these days. Yeah. Even with these big networks, you, you sometimes can't trust them. And even with individuals, you know, there's doctored videos, there's a lot of propaganda, so you have to be careful with that. That right. being said, that being said, um, that you do have to take that risk. Um, and so I'll give you an example of content that I shared today of a story that just okay. broke, okay? And, there, and I'll give you the reasons why I shared it. So there was, um, I, I personally believe that we are in somewhat of a simulation, meaning that the world that we live in, the universe, it's, it's, it's like a software simulation. And like yeah. software, there's, there's repeats. And things that just, they seem coincidental, but they do not. Like, perf right. and this is an example, that we have a shortage of ventilators here in this country, right? Mm -hmm. And back in 2006, there was a project done by the government to create more ventilators at a cheaper cost. And this is good. You'll mm -hmm. like this. this is a medical device story. A company called Newport won that, won that um, uh, contract and started to work on creating a low-cost ventilator, right? Instead of $10,000 mm -hmm. to $3,000. 
It's a very difficult thing. They're working on it. And in 2012, a company bought that group called Covidian. Okay. Covidian bought mm. it. Familiar with them. Yeah. And so they took that project and they tried to do something with it, but they essentially shelved it because it was not um, uh, profitable for the company. And in 2015, Covidian was purchased by Medtronic for about uh, $42.3 billion. It was a wow. huge, huge acquisition. Okay, So Medtronic is the largest, for people who don't know, Medtronic is the largest medical device company in the world. Mm-hmm. And today, Medtronic is teaming up with Tesla to produce uh, ventilators at scale, at a low cost. It, you know, Elon Musk and Medtronic teamed up. And the reason why I thought it was interesting that it proves in a way that we're in a simulation is that of all the companies that could have won that contract, it was a company called Covidian, whose first mm-hmm. letters are C-O-V-I-D, COVID, COVID-19. Right. You know, right. and it's kind of a silly thing. But I went ahead and, and I went ahead and posted that, right? And the reason why I did it is because all the no, all the information they were getting was passed. You know, I was verified, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't like it was a huge major claim that was being made. And at least I was putting an interesting spin on it, right? There's, I didn't provide any value there, in my opinion. It was purely entertainment purposes. Yeah. But upon posting that, right, I think 10 or 11 people decided to engage with and reshare. But the key is sometimes it's not the amount of people, it's, it's who. One right. of the people who decided to repost it and reshare it was uh, a gentleman who... Actually, I won't. I won't say his, his name, but he, I mean, you can go look at the post and you can figure out who it is because he liked and reshared right. it. But he was the CEO of a major publicly traded medical device company here in the Bay Area, and now he serves on multiple boards. And so, you know, that provided an opportunity for me professionally just to connect with my sentiment message. Said, "Hey, thanks for resharing my post. Hope you and your family are doing well." So by doing that, right, and this is a system that's not going to help me. Uh, business-wise right now, but professionally, mm-hmm. it gave me an opportunity to engage with somebody who maybe later on down the line, I can look to, not necessarily professionally, but maybe maybe for some advice, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe an opportunity. Um, and so if you think about that system at scale, that's how a lot of things happen. And so to answer your question, when it comes to sharing content, I would, I would ask yourself these questions. Number one is, um, am I providing any value here that's unique, right? And when that, what I mean by unique, that means, let's just say uh, a bunch of other people reshared this article. That doesn't mean that it's not valuable for you to reshare it to your network because your network may right. not have seen it. All right. So, are you providing unique and valuable information? Number two, it has to do one, if not two things. It has to inform. It has to entertain. It's either doing one of those two things or both. Right. That's why I, I often tell people that. I mean, product marketing is important, mm-hmm. but most of the time you're you're not necessarily informing nor entertaining with product marketing. It's it's sometimes right. hard to do that. So that's why it's important to do. Let's say, if I'm selling, let's say this book. Let's say this is my book. Um, you know, I think eight or nine times a week, or let's say I have ten pieces of content. Seven or eight pieces of those content are not related to the book. It's about me. It's about, let's say, things I believe in, uh, content information. And maybe a few times I, I bring it up. I'm like, hey, by the way, if you're really into psychology, you should buy this book. Right. Right? So I think there's a balance there. But the best thing you can do, Samara, is, is experiment. Right? Okay. Just constantly post. I mean, look, I'll tell you this. The, the best marketers out there are very confident 
and act with conviction, but at the same time, every day they wake up and realize that they're morons. They don't know anything. And so every day they have to try new things. Look, everyone says you should never post content on the weekends because it's, it, it's, you're competing with a lot of big consumer companies. There's not a lot of people online. It's, this is never a good time to post, but you know, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, Until, until it's not, you know, so like I, I, I decided that I was going to post that piece of content today. Would if would it have gotten more engagement tomorrow? Yeah, maybe. But at the same time, if I did it tomorrow, maybe I wouldn't have gotten the attention of people who are very high up in my industry, right? And and further, yeah. you know, branded my name. And again, you know, the way I, I, I like to relate that to what I'm doing professionally is that the more attention and energy you can get from not just your customers, but people in the industry, people high up, chairs, investors right. and stuff on the on your company's brand and product that starts to bring more attention and energy to it. And it's kind of a whimsical thing, but that's how ha- how a lot of these things happen. Right, okay, great. So what are some of the things that you, you, you're gonna try and I guess content-wise, you're speaking mainly for yourself, correct? Right, um, and that's just like bringing awareness to my own personal LinkedIn. Um, so just trying to engage other anesthesia tech um, people who are kind of in the same industry and that, um, my next question was going to be um, what editing apps or video editing apps you would suggest. Or we did talk about GarageBand or yeah, something from MacBook. Yeah, so you got that on the Mac, and you also have uh, uh, um, iMovie. iMovie you can use on, on your That's on your iPhone. Okay. But what what I would say is is that there's a temptation to always edit videos. I talked to somebody earlier today. Who uh, is also who's a you know they're a sales exec in, in the med- medical industry. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, I want to do these videos, but you know I want to make sure that it's it's really good, buttoned up, and everything. And mm-hmm. what I told him, I said that's that's a form of hiding. And the okay. reason why is that I'm not personally a religious person, but I know things a little bit about religion, and I think it's in the Bible that there's a verse that says, "The fool is a precursor to the savior," which translated means. You're going to be an idiot before you're good at anything. You're going to have a lot of bad ideas before you have a good one, right? Right. And so the sooner you start getting to that shipping, you know, the sooner your ideas, your content, your information will improve, will get better, the more you'll inform your 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 creative process, and then you'll start realizing things that you didn't think were going to do well, do incredibly well, and things that you put a lot of effort in that you're like, everyone's going to love this do poorly and I've seen this with my content that I'm on my uh, you know I, I put a YouTube channel called Mindloom for my book reviews right. and I have I think close to 90 videos on there and some of these videos I spent a lot of time my weekend editing making nice the number one most viewed video on there is is an iPhone video of me reviewing a book about a prisoner who who came up with exercise routines in, in prison mm-hmm. and I have other exercise books that I did I would have never guessed that. So yeah. I guess my point is that it's very much like biology and evolution. You have to constantly experiment and try new things and just put things out there. One thing I recommend okay. uh, for you and anybody else is that when it comes to psychology and, and changing your mindset for, for anything, right. public declarations of change are great because it puts it holds you accountable and you can't get out of that. So I tell people when they get started with content, you know, Make it very known that you're going to do like every Monday you're going to for next year. Every Monday you're doing a self-development post. Or for me, it's it was every Wednesday I'm doing a, a book video. 
Like you'll, you'll find a way to make sure it gets done. And I think that's that's the key at the end of the day for good marketing. It, it, creativity, strategy, all those things, yeah, they're important. George Zimmer, the founder of Men's Warehouse, told me once directly, he said, Omar, great marketing has very little to do with creativity. It just has to do with persistence and consistency, right? So for you, yeah. you, you know, get connected to prospective customers. And if all you did for the next few months is every week you shared an interesting article and then went and mm-hmm. liked a few a few of their posts and you just, you just shared information, you will be seen as a valuable uh, person in the community because you're just sharing information right. and you never know who's going to take on to that. Right. Great. Well, I mean, I don't have any other questions. Sure. No, no, that's perfectly fine. An opportunity. Hey, yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And no, I, thank and you so much for your time. Absolutely. Thank you so and much. Advice. Definitely, Thanks. definitely. All right, we'll catch you later. All right, talk soon. All bye. right, bye. All right, so let's take another caller. Let's see. Oh, we got a, quite a few people joined. Where where was everybody? You guys came in a little bit late. All right, let's see. Let's see. Let's let's check in with Renim. See if she Renim. No no pressure. You don't have to join, but you're always you always you know, have very good questions. So we'll see if we can get her name on. And if not, I'm just going to go with another question off my list here. All right. All right. We may not get Raneem. No sweat. All right. Let me see. Let's see what other questions I have. Okay. Ah, so so I got a question. Hi. Oh, hey, Raneem. How are you? G- good. I'm glad you answered. I was about to. I was about to uh, discon- disconnect and go to another random question off my list. So yeah, I'm here. <laughs> How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Good. Good. Now, do you mind if I give people a little background on you? Yeah. No. Of course. Okay. So Raneem is a very talented and sharp young lady who reached out to me via. It, was it Instagram at first? Yeah, it was yeah. Instagram. Instagram at first. Uh, graduating uh, down in San Diego this May and is looking for a career in the medical device industry in sales, sales and or marketing. And so in a very quick amount of time, uh, she implemented a lot of the advice I gave and is getting some great results, getting some interviews. Um, so yeah, why don't you give us give me a little update on that and then, and then jump into whatever question you want to ask, whether it's med device related or anything else? So I have a question um, and it kind of relates to everyone. So I had a few interviews, as you said, and a lot of them were um, with one of the big companies I had an interview for, one of them put a hold on interviews. So what advice could you give to the class of 2020 (laughs) who is trying to get jobs and we're all on hold right now and it's super hard for us to find a job because everything in healthcare or a lot of companies are facing an economic crisis. So what advice do you have for students that are just graduating looking for jobs? Yeah, that's a great question. And my heart goes out to a lot of the students because, I mean, you all worked very hard the last few years. And because of this pandemic, um, you know, your, your job search is kind of being put on hold in a way. And I know your graduation has been canceled and, um, you know, I, I, th- I know some students, they wanted to take some time off in the summer and travel. Those things are canceled. So, I mean, I, I really feel bad. Um, but 
what I would say is this, is that in the middle of uh, chaos and what looks like tragedy, there's always opportunity if you have the right frame of mind and, of course, the right glasses to look through. So we'll help, right. help you all with that. So the question is, what do you do with companies who just freeze their job search? Well, here's the thing. Um, yes, companies did freeze, freeze job searching right now, but that doesn't mean they didn't freeze the problems that they're having in their mind. So if you look at your average sales manager, right? Let's say a sales manager was hiring, gonna hire three pe- three new people for, for geography, right. okay? And their, their plan was, you know, they got approved for the job search in January. So they started in January and they're hoping to have somebody hired by the end of Q1 to start Q2. Well, that all just got pushed back, you know, a quarter or two now. The thing, even though the job search has been frozen, the, right. the quota for that year has not gone away. Even though there's yeah. this pandemic going on, and I, I kind of put a, a quote out as a joke that like all med device co- uh, companies need a freeze quota for med device jobs <laughs> because everything's frozen right now. That's not that's not what's going to happen. The the yeah. boards are still going to come back and say, well, you need to find a way we to hit your job. quota. So yeah. you know you need to double or triple what you were supposed to do in Jan in in Q1. Right. So those problems are still going to build up. So a sales manager is going to start worrying like, okay, I have this territory. I was supposed to hire three people. I can't do that for another quarter. And so I'm behind going to be one or two quarters. I'm going to be one or two quarters behind. I'm going to be a full quarter behind on hiring. So the, the worry that they have in their head is how am I going to get up to speed right away? Right? right. That's what you have to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the uh, one of the great I always mention him. One of the great salespeople that I, I always uh, uh, reference is, is Chris Sells. And the one thing he always taught taught us was like you need to think at least two or three quarters ahead of time. Right. So think about that sales manager. What's the problem that she's going to have two or three quarters from now, right? Mm-hmm. And with that in mind, try and pretend that you're already in the position and demonstrate that. So here, he, let me tell you what that means. You're connected to this person, right? Start putting out content on LinkedIn, okay? Put out content around you know, the medical device industry perhaps, and maybe more specifically, let's say it's an orthopedic product, try and get involved and engage with more orthopedic surgeons, okay? Right. And perfect example is that I, if, if I was out of college or getting close to getting out of college, I'm trying to get into the orthopedics, for example, I would connect with the sales managers of the jobs or the companies that I've applied to and then I would um, I would start engaging with their content, you know. So if mm-hmm. a sales manager posts anything, I would engage with the content to make sure that they keep seeing my name, and they'll hopefully start seeing my content. And then on the content side, I would post things about self development, maybe career right. development. I would post things about orthopedics, you know, the orthopedic industry. That way, I'm keeping them informed about developments in orthopedic. Maybe there's a lot. There's um, I know that. Uh, I, I need to look it up, but UCSF, their division of orthopedic surgery, is doing a free webinar on orthopedics and COVID-19. I would share that. I'll try and maybe go to that webinar and then maybe come up with a cheat sheet, like a Word doc. I would take notes, come up with a Word doc on my on Google Drive, take that and yeah. then post and say, hey, for all the orthopedic surgeons who couldn't attend this webinar, here's my takeaways, right? Then I would go and message the person at UCSF who put on the webinar and said, hey, I know you put this webinar on. Um, I, I just published this, uh, wrote this article on, on some key takeaways. You feel free to send it to all your attendees. I would just ask if you don't mind to keep keep my name as, name as an author, right? Or maybe you know, post it and tag UCSF. 
And right. what will often happen is that these institutions and people, they're looking for content. So if you just did free work for them, they'll reshare it. So if you pos position yourself as somebody who provides value, is trying to help other people, they will amplify your message because it amplifies theirs. And more and more, the sales manager who just put a freeze on hiring, you're being on that, you're on that person's mind constantly. And wherever you put energy and focus is usually where persuasion happens. I always tell people that in order to persuade, you have to get attention, period. If you can't get attention, right. it doesn't matter what you, what you have, okay. whatever your product is, right? And this is why we often see in, in Silicon Valley, sometimes the best product, not sometimes, oftentimes the best product isn't the winning product, right? Right. It's, it's usually the one that has great sales and marketing. And um, one thing I'm going to read to you if you don't mind me reading from a book real quick. <laughs> no. I was rereading uh, Peter Thiel's famous zero to one book. Peter Thiel, as many of you know, is uh, one of the founders of PayPal, billionaire, very smart guy. And, and one of the things he writes in his book is the idea of some lessons learned during the dot-com boom. And one of the assumptions was focus on product, not sales. If your product requires advertising or salespeople to sell it, it's not good enough. Technology is primarily about product development, not distribution. Bubble era advertising was obviously wasteful, so the only sustainable growth is viral growth. That being said, he said that these lessons have become dogma in the startup world. Those who would ignore them are presumed to invite the justified doom visited upon technology in the great crash of 2000. And yet, the opposite principles are probably correct. And one of those was sales matters just as much as product. So the point is, if you demonstrate that you're actually very good at getting attention, providing value, educating people, right. you will you will get the job. Because as soon as the unfreeze happens, For sure. right? Yeah. Everything's gonna pick up. And rather than waiting, like so let's say the freeze is gonna be lifted right here at this point, and everybody stops job searching, posting content, everything, because they said, oh, no one's hiring right now. You will get one, two, three weeks, maybe, you know, maybe a little bit longer, depending on how long this pandemic will last, of a head start on all these people. And once that happens, all this attention has been, you've been hoarding it. Because right. you're, the only, you're the only person out there doing this and staying on the minds of these people. And it could happen that you might accelerate things because someone might say, you know what? I better stay in touch with this person before someone else hires them. And a great example is one of the gentlemen, one of the young guys I was mentoring, who's in the middle of a job search. He just interviewed right. at two really fantastic companies, and they just put a freeze on their on their hiring. And one of them literally told him, "Hey, we need to put a freeze on hiring for a moment. We're gonna we need to finish our interviews. But if you get a single offer from anybody, please call me directly immediately." And so I told him a few, you know, yeah. about a week ago. I was like. I was like, you need to just message them and say, hey, uh, I'm starting to get interviews and I'm getting close to offers, you know? And that way you right. start controlling the process. That makes sense? So did he reach out to managers on LinkedIn and like, yes. do the same article posting? Yeah. Yes, it, 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 exact, exact same thing. He still, I still think he needs to be doing more. Um, yeah. But what I would say is that right now you have time, right? Definitely. So, so aside from job searching, right. any... Anybody who's, uh, or not anybody, everyone who's in the lockdown, you, if you don't come out of this lockdown with a new system, new set of skills and everything, you, right. you literally wasted a great opportunity. Yeah, so that's true. What I would tell you, Raneem, is that aside from doing the basics that I just described to you, right? Um, 
And actually, uh, another uh, fantastic medical device salesperson was on here named Samara. You guys should definitely get connected with each other. Um, this is also relevant to Samara. Um, while you're in lockdown right now, you're learning some new things about sales, maybe about the med right. device. Start writing articles. Start doing yeah. little little ex one two minute explainer videos on a concept you learn, and just put it out there. See what happens. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely gonna do that. Great. And before before I I'm gonna probably take another call, but before I do any other any other questions or or, or topics you want to cover. No, I loved your advice. Great advice. No, and absolutely. I hope you're staying safe. <laughs> What's that? Oh yeah, def definitely. Definitely staying safe. And hey, I mean, for, for you and everybody else, one thing I would say from this pandemic is the best thing about this is that, you know, it's forcing us all to be healthier, right? So aside from washing your hands, like eat really well, get plenty of sleep, meditate, keep your stress level low, get smarter, you know, so this yeah. is, you can, this is, you know, spring. Time to grow. Yeah, it's time to grow. Everybody's going to come out for spring, you know, smarter, faster, stronger, right? True. Or at least the smart ones like you who are, who are doing the right things. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for calling in. It's always always a pleasure hearing from you. Of course. You too. All right. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. I'll tell you, uh, if I could if I could hire Raneem, I would, but we're a small startup right now, not hiring, but some company is going to hire, hire her and be incredibly lucky. Very, very smart, sharp, hardworking person. So let's take another call. Let's see. People are jumping in and out. Uh, let's see. Okay. Well, it doesn't look like I have anybody to take a call with at the moment. So I'm going to let people cycle in. Everybody wants to jump on, just shoot me a message. So, um, one, oh, so one of the questions I was asked is what, what books I'm currently reading. So let me give you a little, you know, little rundown of the books that I'm reading. Really great books, as usual, as usual. Um, but of course they're kind of all over the place. So, so a couple books and w let me start with the one that I just reviewed this week. One is, uh, the back of the napkin, solving problems and selling ideas with pictures by Dan Rome. Fantastic book. Uh, this is a, a design thinking book, which, you know, is based on the principles of understanding what something is for and who's it for. And this book, it, you know, the, the, the author teaches you how to, develop and sell you know ideas literally on the back of a napkin and being in Silicon Valley of course I was interested in that topic I, I think it's a great book because it takes something that seems to be very obvious in terms of how do you see the world and how do you come up with ideas and puts a framework around it well that's one fantastic book next book I really love um, actually I was uh, in you know inspired by one of my uh, uh, colleagues uh, Rebecca Lynch she's the VP of global strategy and business development at Petrero, and she's always been very talented, very good at uh, at frameworks. And uh, she was telling me about this, so that kind of inspired me to learn more about frameworks. That's why I got the back of the napkin book. But then she mentioned something, and I always tell people develop the develop a, a healthy sense of curiosity. And if you do, you'll you'll pick up on things that people miss right away. So one of the things that Rebecca said in a in a meeting was she said, you know, the management consulting world made a whole industry based on frameworks. So you know, maybe we should look into those frameworks for some some of these from some of our projects to start you know understanding how we want to develop our strategy. I never thought of that. So I immediately went and bought some uh, management consulting books from 
the world's best, you know, Glo uh, Boston, uh, Boston Consulting Group, McKinsey, and one of them is this. It's called Key Management Models, 75 plus models every manager should know. And this is such a gem of a book. I can't believe I didn't know about this book. And the reason why is that they have a variety of sections like marketing and sales, finance, strategy, and they take all these different models like the business model, model canvas, uh, blue ocean strategy, and they, they put the framework, as you can see here in the book, so the framework is in there, and they spend literally three pages, three, four pages, distilling these highly complicated models into these fantastic pearls. They tell you about the big picture, when to use it, how to use it, and the final analysis. Fantastic book. Uh, next book that I have, uh, uh, Tim Calkins, who I connected with on LinkedIn. He's a professor, clinical professor of marketing at uh, Northwestern. Northwestern has one of the world's best schools of marketing. The reason why he's called a clinical professor, because I, I didn't understand why he'd be called clinical professor for marketing, is when you are a marketing professor and you happen to be also from the world of industry and in industry, you get that title. But his Breakthrough Marketing Plans is a great book. Again, most marketing books, most of them, I think are just complete garbage. They're just you know, full of meaningless platitudes and fluff. But this is a great book, it's thin, and he actually teaches you the bare bones minimum, the, the brass tacks of what you need to know in terms of developing a marketing plan. And here's the key, is not having an overly complicated marketing plan. So he tells you how to make it a simple, concise marketing plan, because people, they'll put together these 50, 60 page marketing plans, the majority of which becomes outdated by the time you want to implement, and most of which nobody reads. So making a concise marketing plan that fits within a few pages, probably two, great. All right, let's keep going. Next book uh, I'm going through, there's a lot of great books on negotiation. Uh, this one was recommended by uh, a, a medtech icon, uh, Mr. Medtech, that's Giovanni Laricella, and the book is called 3D Negotiation. 3D negotiation again, you know the book. The in my opinion, some of the best business books out there are the ones on, uh, you know, topics where they put them in a in a very easy to consume model and framework. So let me take a quick break. Let's see if I have anyone else. Nope, no other requests. So I'm going to keep going with some more books. I'm going to go a little bit longer. Maybe answer one more question. I might call it a day. There it doesn't seem like a whole lot of people are online right now. Uh, I have one more. Oh, and of course, uh, the last book I, I, that I'm reading, and I'm, I'm reading quite a lot. I mean, look, there's there are literally books all over the ground. Um, and just a quick comment about that. I tell people when it comes to reading books, you would not use Netflix if literally there's only one show on Netflix, right? You have different channels. Same with your TV networks. So when it comes to books and reading, sometimes you may not be in the mood to read a business book. Maybe you're in the mood to read a fiction book or something. So buy different books. Look at it as different channels. And then when you are in the mood for a certain book, just jump around. You know, there's no there's no rules to reading book. You know, people think that you have to read a whole book at once before you move on to the next one. That's not true. And for the most part, look at books like a detective. Get in, get what you need, move on, and come back to it later. So the last book I was going to say is a very sharp up-and-coming uh, venture capitalist here in Silicon Valley, uh, Graham Taylor. He's at the ripe age of 24 years old, but very, very sharp, very talented. Um, was mentioning how inspired he was by Peter Thiel's book Zero to One, and he was rereading it for inspiration. And you know, I read it a long time ago, 
And again, this is the beauty of books, right? You know, they, they evolve over time. I read this book many years ago, and I was like, yeah, it's a good book. I read it again today because I've developed and changed over time. And man, there, there are pearls in this book that I completely looked over because I, I didn't know what it meant at the time. So really inspiring book, especially for those of you who are in the startup world. I, I recommend getting this book and reading it. it it'll reframe uh, the way you're looking at things. So with that said, I think I'm gonna call it early today. Thank you all again for your questions. I'm going to do this again, as usual, uh, next Sunday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, if you miss this broadcast, you can listen to it on the podcast form. Just look up Mind Loom and my name, Omar M. Khatib, on any platform. So as always, have a wonderful Sunday. Get some great sleep today. You know, Visualize what your Monday is going to look like and just attack it and uh, have a wonderful week. We'll see you all soon. Thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode of The Mind Loom. For questions that you'd like to submit, please email mindloomboom at gmail.com. That's mindloomboom at gmail.com.